Welcome to Prepare to Care. We are the AARP podcast that provides resources and tools to help support caregivers as well as their loved ones. I'm Eddie Orem. I'm your host for today. For the 3.2 million Texas caregivers, balancing work, family, and caregiving duties can be very quite challenging. It's even more taxing as we throw this pandemic into the mix. Our next guest says mindfulness can help caregivers better deal with their day-to-day responsibilities. Dr. Alberto Almeida is from Brownsville and specializes in family and sports medicine. Dr. Almeida, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Really honored to be here with you today, Eddie. It's certainly our pleasure. Can we begin by you explaining to us what is mindfulness and what are some benefits of it? First, I'd like to give just a little bit of background on my training so that you'll see kind of where I'm coming from. I am board certified in family practice and I have a fellowship in sports medicine. Uh, I'm also double board certified by the American Board of Addiction Medicine and by the American Board of Preventive Medicine and Addiction. And I'm also an acupuncturist, which gives me a lot of training in Eastern medicine. And I have also practiced in martial arts for 50 plus years. Uh, So... I, I consider myself a student, even though at my age I should be, some people would say other things, but I, I still continue being a student. And that's kind of the part of what mindfulness is also. So mindfulness is kind of more really just the simple act of, uh, of us paying attention and noticing kind of our inner and outer feelings and what's going on. It's a little bit different than meditation, but there is mindfulness meditation for which to me, is the the best form of meditation. And a lot of times we think about both meditation, mindfulness, and people get all tied up into that. It's something that it takes, you know, hundreds of years, or you have to be a master, or it has this, takes this great cognition and concentration. But by the end of our talk today, everyone that'll listen to this is gonna know how to do mindfulness meditation and how simple it really is. And and just the benefits of it are amazing. Right now with the new studies that we've had with PET scans and with the functional MRIs and all this, we're seeing how the brain works and we're being able to figure out what neurotransmitters are going on and so on. So this mindfulness and meditation is not only, yes, it makes you feel at peace and relaxed and you're able to handle anxiety and stress and a lot of things very differently, but at the same time, it also rewires how your brain actually works. So, you know, they've done, they did this study with like eight Tibet, Tibetan monks, and you don't have to be a Tibetan monk to to do this, but there are people that devote their whole life to this type of thing. So that's a great person to study, right? So they got like eight of them and they did this study and they ended up finding out that these people had this incredible prefrontal cortex, which is really our thinking area and the cingulate gyrus and all of this area that they're calling the, 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 like the default mode network is really the word they're using. It's it's a new thing. It's just coming out. But so as you go into meditation, you're able to build up this default mode network, which is actually quiet when you're active doing things and is very active when you're thinking. So it actually, you know, we, we find out that through meditation, you can actually think more spontaneously. You're faster, you're quicker, you think more clearly. It has a lot of benefits, and we'll talk about other stuff, but that's a good. Thank you, Dr. Bob. Many of us are caregivers, and we deal with our daily stressful lives of just work and 
family life and working with our loved ones. How can mindfulness assist us in that routine that we have each day? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really important from a couple of different points of view. One is that if you're obviously, you know, helping your body to have these hormones and neurotransmitters that help decrease depression and anxiety and make you feel at peace, which we know that, that uh, meditation does that already through the studies. And also because, you know, when, when you do mindfulness, it, it teaches you to kind of listen more carefully, be more aware of what's going on. So let's say that if you're going to do something for someone and you choose to do it in a state of mindfulness, and a, a secret for the guys, this is really important when you're talking with your wife, okay? If you're mindful when you're talking, they're aware that you're talking to them, you're nodding, you're looking at them, and you're actually listening, you're paying attention, you're just being, it, it, it somehow builds up uh, love, trust, all of these things that I guess really are, are coming from these parts of the brain. Um, so it, it allows us to be a lot better caregivers. I'm, I'm a caregiver myself. Besides being a physician, I have a son who's 30 years old who has severe autism and he lives here with us at home. And, and so, and sometimes things come up or whatever, and, it, and it's stressful and, and, and situations happen and, and you have to be able to adapt, to be able to get away, to take three to five minutes or just a couple of seconds to breathe deep to be in the moment, to be mindful of what's going on, to just relax yourself down. When you go into a state of meditation and when you go into this mindfulness, and one of the mindfulness things that I really love is breathing mindfulness, which I think is the most simple method. You can just sit back, take a few minutes, take a few deep breaths. When you breathe in, I, I first like to teach people how to breathe. You, know, you think it's something we should know that we're born with and we're actually born breathing correctly and then later forget. The correct way to breathe is you lay, you lay somewhere, you can put like a oh, something over your belly, a piece of paper or a book or whatever. I use a stethoscope on my patients so you can just see the movement because as the diaphragm expands, it looks like your belly comes out and that doesn't make your belly bigger. It actually makes it stronger. But as your diaphragm comes down, it expands. And so you'll see your belly move out that we know that the diaphragm is filling and filling up those lungs. And as the diaphragm blows the air out, it goes down. So I just tell people, you know, you don't want to, it's nothing hurried, it's nothing hard, it's just you simply breathe in as deep as you can with your diaphragm, then you breathe back out. A, a thought comes through your mind and you say, you know what, I'll think about that later right now. Breath in, breath out. And that becomes meditation. Without it being hard, without it being difficult, just as simply as that. And there's different types of meditations that you can do, but that is one basic, very simple one. And we'll talk about a couple, but that's something that you can do during the day. Something's going on. You take a few minutes, take a few deep breaths. Don't think about anything, but don't try to block anything out. Let it come in and out and just concentrate on your breath a couple of minutes. It's amazing. You have to do it. We will. In fact, um, I'd like to take us back to something you mentioned earlier as far as the importance of establishing good, positive relationships and how mindfulness can cause a climate where others believe we're tuned into them. One of the things yes. that we know through AARP is that when we're caregivers, it's important to have a strong relationship because many of our loved ones could perhaps be deteriorating, personalities could be changing, and so much is, is based upon what kind of relationship we continue to build. Yes. So thank you for sharing that now. 
we also have the holidays coming in with us and there are extra stress levels occurring there. Uh, how can we use mindfulness to also help us get through the holidays? And if you would, uh, share some techniques with us. Okay, sure. Well, you know, a couple of things is, you know, uh, there, there's sort of some tenets of, of uh, I guess, nine attitudes, you could say, that have to do with, with, um, with mindfulness. And, and one of these, I think, I, I like to say that the greatest of the attitudes is, is gratitude, you know? So I actually recommend for, for everyone and myself, uh, we already know that mindfulness does what we're talking about, but we also know that gratitude or thankfulness also rewires the way your brain works. And it also fights against depression and anxiety and so on. So what a wonderful thing is to just start the day with that. And that's one of the things that, that I recommend. So you start your day with this breathing and mindfulness and you add in, you know, the, the, the gratitude. And there's nine, there's nine attitudes of mindfulness. And there's the first one that I, I, I want to mention is beginner's mind. And that I find super important in learning and everything. And that just means that when you approach everything, approach it sort of like as a baby or as if it's something new to you. And, and, and when I try to learn something, I try to not go in like if I know everything about it. I try to go in like if I know nothing. And that way I really learn. I, 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 since I learned from so many masters and teachers, I find out really quickly that when I try to show off and act like I really know something, then I don't get taught anything. And so when I go in humbly, and this is true about anything, and so when you go in humbly and just accepting everything, and that's kind of what beginner's mind means, and that's super important. And then non-judging, acceptance, letting go, trust, patience, non-striving, like not having a grasp at it, gratitude and generosity. These are kind of the, like, like the nine attitudes of mindfulness. And so when you do mindfulness, you wanna think about that. And if you have those attitudes, that not only makes you a superior person, of course it's gonna make you a better caregiver, but it's just gonna make you better all holistically. The way that you heal, the way that you act, the way that you react to things, you know, one day try one day just all that day to react with everything with love i know it may sound corny but just try it you'll find out that you'll come across like a genius because everything is the right answer you know so you know practice active listening be open to other people's emotions try to let go of old habits that are holding you back uh you know expand your how you communicate with the people that you care with uh Try not to be judgmental of yourself or others and practice, you know, compassion. And this is all part, I really believe it comes out of mindfulness, but, you know, having that approach, I think, is very helpful. Well, it certainly sounds like being mindful is something we must practice, something that must be developed. And we were speaking earlier prior to the podcast that mindfulness can occur throughout our day. You had mentioned to us that simply eating, taking the time to enjoy our food, to admire the food, to enjoy the company that we're with, basically learning how to breathe and enjoy life. Amen. Yes, sir. So, so you know, a lot of times, there, and that's a, a, a very good example, you know, and it's great for when you're trying to diet or really, you know, connoisseur, or really taste something, is using the five senses. And so little tricks that you can do is like, let's say that you're sitting outside and you know, you're just kind of relaxing first, just start with the deep breathing. And then you want to be, allow everything to come in, whether it's the, the sound of the wind or the rustling of whatever, or the feeling of the wind against your skin, 
or the smell in the air or the taste in your mouth or what you hear. Just allow all these different senses to come in. That's a mind, that's like, you know, the five senses medi mindful meditation. And you can apply that to how you were saying, you go to eat something, you know, what's the texture, what does it taste like? And just continue chewing it till it completely dissolves in your mouth and get all of the different senses to it. And same thing as you're doing something, a kind of a, a very uh, neat thing that was taught to me uh, with art appreciation. If you get like a statue and you hold it and just look at it everywhere, all over, look at it and take a good look at it and really be aware of what it looks like. And then close your eyes and feel the whole statue with, you know, what it feels like all over. And then when you look at it again, you see it different. It actually appears different to you. You have now a different dimension of view of that statue. So just by appreciating it in a different way, your mind accepts and sees it, I guess, more in a 3D image or however you want to think about it. But that becomes even that can be a mindful, uh, a time of mindfulness, even as you appreciate art or, you know, many different ways. Doctor, is there an exercise that you can take our listeners through now? that we can actually listen to you and we can experience one of the things that you do that might help us to know what we can practice? You know what, I, I, there is something that, 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 I, that I'd like to share with you all that I do and I'll, I'll share part of it because I think that, you know, the whole thing is a, is a, is a little long, but it just starts as an idea. And so um, kind of what I like to do at the beginning of the day, right when sort of when I wake up or before I take a shower, you know, you want to kind of get the basic movements in with your body. You know, we're not only thinking of mindfulness, but I like to mix everything up. So what I try to do is that I, I'm, I try to bring in everything, whether it's, you know, Tai Chi, Qigong, uh, which are movements of energy or uh, meditation or yoga or deep breathing or flexibility. So I stick it all together and I do it all together in like five, 10 minutes where maybe people would need hours in the day to do it. So what I do is that you know, I'll, I'll come up and this, I'll just kind of give you guys an idea. I'll just kind of come up and I'll, and I'll stand back and I'll... Take a few deep breaths and I feel myself that I'm standing in my heels and then move forward on my toes and I feet are about shoulder width apart. I like to be able to go down and actually squat down all the way. And of course you can't do this right away. Sometimes it may take time. But I like natural positions and where you go down and you start all the way down where you're like this and there's parts of the world that people sit like this till they're 90 and more. This helps to get increased flexibility into your ankles, knees, hips and back. So I like, it also changes your blood flow, does all kinds of things, helps with your pelvis, with your lower back, helps your posture. I mean, there's so many things to this we could just talk about. It even may relieve people's back pain. And look, you know, I'm, I'm 60 almost here and, you know, I, I can move very comfortably, but it took a while to get here. So at first, you know, you may just come here, use a little stool and slowly practice just being down here during the day, you know, at times. So what I do first is that I'll just come back, I'll take a big deep breath. And as I take a big breath, I'll bring my hands up kind of as I'm, as I'm giving thanks. And, uh, and as I get a little bit higher and when I go to breathe out, I actually push up. And I'll like contract a little bit like if I'm stretching or pushing up against the wall and then I'll take another big deep breath and as I contract my body down, I'll breathe out. And just grab my toes and roll. And you can do that a few times. 
Or you can go from there down into the squat, like I said, right? So they're just movements, and you can do this with breathing, you know, or you can even come down and go. Let's say you start with two or three of those. I like to call that the generator or breathing squats. Every day you do one more breath. It's just a breath. As you contract, you blow out. As you come up, you breathe in. You'll be surprised. That helps the whole body. Your arms because you're extending up. Your legs because you're going down. Your cardiovascular system. You can already see that I'm breathing a little harder just with two or three of those because of how intense they are. And they're just wonderful. But anyone can do that stuff. You don't have to be in great shape. You can use a little stool. You can start with a chair against the wall and first just go down and sit into your chair and then back up. You don't have to go all the way down, but it is preferred to practice till you can go all the way down because I believe it's very preventive for wear and tear and uh, helps anti-aging. I think that's one of the big anti-aging exercises right there. Excellent. Do you think we can cautiously uh, do some of these with our care receivers as well? Sure. I mean, you know, even, even sitting, you can be sitting. Let's say it's somebody that is in a wheelchair and can you, can't get up, you know, and are never going to be able to do that. It doesn't matter. You know, they bring themselves up into a nice postural position. They have their diaphragm. They breathe up and they bring their hands up. It feels great. And you feel the rush of blood flow and the oxygenation. Not only that, but think about it. While you're doing this deep breathing, you're actually super oxygenating your body. During that three to five minutes that you're there, you're getting more oxygen to your heart, to your brain um, at the same time. So there's a lot of different benefits to this. Well, I certainly feel better by watching you do it. I'm sure I'll <laughs> feel better once I do it myself. So this has been exciting now. Thank you appreciate you, your time. Is there anything else you would like to add about yourself, your practice that we can learn from? Well, you know, I think that, I think that, uh, that, just, just to slow down and take a couple of minutes for yourself and to experience, you know, a lot of times we're looking all over the world in, in per se, right? Looking for something and everything that we need is within ourselves. So, you know, if you're searching for something, find it, it's within you and slow down to listen to yourself and you know, what's right and wrong, follow the right voice, right? Um, exactly. And, you know, just take your time, breathe deep, relax, be patient. Uh, we're here. I'm at, I'm at anyone's service if I can serve with anything. Uh, and I really love, love what I do. And I think that, uh, that, that all of us can benefit from this. It's not one person or just a few. Every single one of us will benefit from, from doing this act of, you know, listening to yourself, of being mindful and to treat others with love and compassion. It certainly sounds like you're saying that being mindful is really finding ourselves in a very non-judgmental way while we're learning to simply breathe, enjoy life, enjoy the space around us, and to just take that time to be comfortable in a very calm way. And I really appreciate the exercises and the breathing that you've shared with us. Um, and I know we can all take said, Eddie, by the way, I agree. That was beautifully said. Thank you very much. 
we appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. And we certainly hope we'll have the opportunity to see you again, Dr. Maiden. I, I have so much other stuff to share with you guys. So anytime you want, it's a real honor for me. I, 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 uh, I, I feel blessed to be able to uh, share some of my knowledge and thank you guys for allowing me to do that. Well, is there something else you'd like to go ahead and share with us now? We have the time. Um, well, you know, I, I, what I've been, what I've incorporated with, within myself is like what I was talking about is that I have this, this sort of an exercise that I do every day, you know, usually, usually before my shower or whatever. And, and what I'd recommend is that people start incorporating their movements and stuff, natural movements into something that they, that, that they do every day. And so, like I was saying, when you wake up in the morning, doing the stretch, going through these movements and, you know, for me, and, and, and everybody's different, uh, this to me is also something very spiritual and it doesn't have to be spiritual because you can actually read the physiological and 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 neurodiagnostic studies of what it does but for me it's also something very spiritual so it's a, and 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 you find this actually it's in all the religions some people want to say oh well you know buddhism this comes from the basis of buddhism but actually no it's in all of the religions and it, you know and in whether it's uh, you know uh, in, you know, in the, in the Torah or whether it's in the New Testament, you know, you find all types of things where it says, you know, like, uh, like be, you know, listen quietly before me, you know, and in every, and in every, and in every religion, there's something about that. So there's, a, there's a lot of wisdom to it. And I really think that, that we need to all seek that pathway. And so I do it daily through exercise and movement. And like I said, I like to kind of mix everything together. I like to hack things. So, you know, I'll do five, six, seven, eight things together. So this movement that I do, as I'm doing these movements, yes, I'm doing it with deep breathing, but also in my imagination, I imagine that I'm moving energy. You know, I may be imagining that I'm connecting myself with God or, you know, or, or with, you know, my energy or, or whatever. If you think about it from a Western or from an Eastern you know, like Bruce Lee said, we're all one race under under the heavens, right? The human race. So, you know, we all have. It doesn't matter where the idea come from. It seems that it's it's a basis of how we work neurophysiologically, even. So, so so I've incorporated into my movements, and there is some natural movements that I think that are very important. One is actually coming up and and pointing back, like as if you're pushing against the sky because that pulls all of the nerve cords into your neck and helps to untether them so you don't get nerve adherences as you get older. Also, it's moving your chest and your head back and it's moving your chest out and it's bringing your arms into full extension because as we get older, a lot of times we end up with shoulder problems and loss of range of motion because if you don't use it, you lose it like they used to say. <laughs> so, you know, I recommend this motion, right? And then the bending right. forward and the touching the ground or the touching your feet or putting your palms down on the ground like a downward dog, I think is very important for the back of your hamstrings and your hips. And then the motion of going down into a squat. So I would recommend that people work in those three positions, but I also like to work a lot in extension. So sometimes I'll do movements in extension where I'll put my hands kind of behind my behind my back right and i'll push myself back in. and while i do that i'm tightening my glutes and going back you know and when you're going and as you move into these end ranges i like to do a contraction like a muscle contraction because that strengthens those end range muscles 
And so if you're going into extension and you tighten your muscles as you go back or as you're going up and not only stretch, but also cause a compression, kind of like an isometric idea, that strengthens your muscles and gives you tone. So you can do it coming back, you can do it going up, you can you know come down, you can go into a squat. And so without you having to really move many places, you can, you can do a lot of work that strengthens up your body and increases your flexibility which is super important for anti-aging. So all of these movements, which are like simple movements that you might think of, that a baby does sort of, you think about it, right? You know how a baby comes down on all fours or a baby squats down deep like that, or a baby stretches up. They're very simple, basic movements. And in all of my training, I found out that the most important thing is the most basic. And so that's why I think that just the basic learning how to breathe and learning how to move in these, in these positions that are going to improve your function and decrease your aging. Excellent. Again, thank you, sir, for being here. And I'm sure we'll have you back again. And to our listeners and viewers, we encourage you to follow the Prepare to Care podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at www.aarp.org slash HoustonPTC. You'll also find our podcast on the ARP Texas YouTube channel. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of us. And we certainly hope you've enjoyed learning today. And we also thank you for caring. Have a great rest of the week.